0: Hello, and welcome to Reflection as a Service. This is Paul Merrill. I'm your host here on Reflection as a Service. And to those of you who have listened before, you know that we're here to talk about software development and entrepreneurship. And I have to apologize first to all of our listeners, our reflectors, as they've been dubbed, and say, you know, I didn't get an episode out in the last two times that I should have. So usually I do the first and the 15th of the month. And over the last about 30 days, I have produced none of these. And so I appreciate um, those of you who have been patient. My apologies to those of you who were expecting something to come out, but I needed to take a little break. It's been a very, very busy March and April, 2017. So just to kind of give you an idea of what's been going on for myself, personally, I had about three different conferences during that time. I had to develop about four different talks for those three or four different talks and delivered probably six different talks all total but had to create two or three of them myself so creating those talks takes a whole lot of work i put a lot of work into it i probably do for each one of those between uh 10 and 30 hours of work just to get one of those ready and so that was very very time intensive i've also been traveling quite a bit Um, we have a number of new clients coming on at beaufort fairmont my company uh, which focuses on test automation and so all those things have been very good things but it's left very little time for reflection as a service so today what i want to do is do a retrospective and the retrospective is going to be on reflection as a service and so this kind of gets into software development in the sense that we like to do retrospectives about our sprints about our iterations, about the work that we've done. Um, And it's a very, very helpful tool for learning to improve our processes, for learning to improve how our teams work and how we produce software it's also a very very important tool for entrepreneurship so we're kind of taking both of these pieces today and putting them together so one is the entrepreneurial sense that we like to look at what we've done and kind of reflect on it figure out how we can do things better in the future what worked and what didn't same thing with with software development i really think this is the point at which these two worlds kind of merge um, you know, I think it's very important for entrepreneurs to be able to put something out to the market and see how it works. And that's really what we're doing with our software when we deploy as often as we can or as often as a few weeks or something along those lines. So today I want to do that. Um, for those of you who listen a bunch, you know, um, you're always able to get a hold of me on Twitter, d paul merrill on Twitter, always able to get a hold of me on my email, paul at you also know that my company Beaufort Fairmont focuses on uh, my, my company Beaufort Fairmont sponsors this activity, sponsors this podcast, and we're really happy to do it. We do test automation and we focus on problems like how do we sync up testing and dev in agile environments and how do we get our regression suites uh, automated, things along those lines. And we do that through training, consulting, and hands-on project work. We can get you the people you need for test automation. When you need them and wherever you need them. So give me a yell on those kinds of things. But once again, always looking for feedback on Twitter, D Paul Merrill or on email Paul at beaufortfairmont.com. So let's get into this retro. So first of all, with most retrospectives, what we want to do is ask, you know, what went well? What didn't what, what did we do that we want to see differently next time? Um, and any other suggestions, kind of. So, we want to keep this constructive. And I don't know if I'll be able to do that. This is the first podcast I've actually done alone, the first episode I've done alone after 37, 38 of these. So, it's a little different to me, but I'm going to give it a go here. So, so, let's get into this a retrospective on reflection as a service. Number one things that went well. We have gotten up to over 3,500 plays, over 305,000 listens in about a year and a half. Started this back in August of 2015. Today it is April of 2017, so about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half, a year and two thirds we've been doing this. Over 37, 38 episodes, which is huge. I never would have guessed when we started this that we would do that many. Each episode at this point is getting about 150 listens, and that's much, much more than I ever would have expected to get uh, when when we started this, I think we had a really good chemistry with myself and James over the past uh, time. James isn't working on this with me every single episode at this point. He's taking a break, and I fully encourage that. Sometimes we need to take breaks. I think that we've had some really terrific guests on here, and I want to kind of go through some of these guests. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the list of guests as we're talking here. We've got here. I'm looking at SoundCloud where I published this. So. Most recently, Marit, uh, the the well known tester from Finland, was on. We had Andy Hunt, who was just terrific. I never would have guessed that Andy Hunt would be on my podcast. One of the original signatories of the Agile Manifesto. He his episode thirty two was terrific, talking through kind of his experience in writing his books, The Pragmatic Programmer, and other books that he's written since then. Creating the companies that he's created and doing the consulting that he's done and working on products over time was all very insightful, and it was interesting in the entrepreneurial sense, but also interesting in the software development sense. Dave Rail from uh, Developer on Fire was on episode thirty three. Nathaniel Talbot was from Spreedly, uh, was on. Uh, quite a while back in episode five, and that was really cool talking to him about he, how he started that company. And in the year and change since then, what they've done has been terrific over there at Spreedly. We had the late Jared Richardson on just before he passed away. And that was really, really terrific um, to have him on and to get his perspective. You just never know when you're going to have an opportunity to do something and how fleeting these opportunities are. Uh, he's the only person that's come on and done two parts, two episodes. So that was episode 29 and episode 30, I believe. And that was terrific talking about the grows method and how he's seen agile change over time. We had Mary Thorne on. Mary is terrific in the agile community. She does a lot of keynote speaking around the country. Um, she works at a great company here in the research triangle called iPrio and heads up their agile part of their group and their agile strategies. Brian Frick was terrific talking about human design, human center design. Jeff Lindsay from Marlo, uh Consulting. Mike Lyles has been on. He was great. We've had uh, Michael Kimsel, a local uh, person who who is well-known in the PHP community. Chase Schaefer was terrific talking about how he founded a mobile app, a company that was based on a mobile app. Back on episode twenty-two, he's a software developer and kind of telling us how that journey went, how that adventure went when he was out in California. We've had Josh Anderson, Corey Bryan from the Deliberate Podcast, was on episode twenty-three, and that was really interesting. Cal Evans, well-known in the PHP community, one of the top three best-known developers and people in the PHP community, on episode fifteen, and that was a fun interview, probably one of the more fun ones that and Michael Kimsell were both very fun. Episodes 15 and 21. Tom Davies uh, from Burst Commerce came on. He was great. Vic Wigman talking about genomics. Adam Crane, a good friend of mine, uh, talking about his company and how they have worked in the ICS world and what they've done to help prevent hacking of ICS types of programs and applications. James, of course, has been on a lot of episodes with me, James Jeffers. He and his wife came on episode eight, today a terrific job talking about their company that they built back about a year ago and and gave a, a, us uh, still still having that company go on and doing a great job with it. Those are, those are the names that I have up here right now. But, you know, I look at all those people and I want to thank every one of them for coming on. They've all been terrific. It's been so nice to get to know them and to get to know them on this show. So that's, those are some of the good things that have happened. You, the listeners have been terrific. Um, you know, I love the feedback. I love hearing from you guys. Those have all been great. So these are some of the things that have gone well. I think that over time we've improved some things, the sound quality in the first episodes, probably the first, I'm guessing the first 15 episodes or more was very, very poor. And we learned a lot about that. I had never created a podcast before. had no idea how to do this. I didn't know how to host it, how to make it available, how there was an RSS feed for it, how people could get it in iTunes or Google Play or anything else. And we figured that out very quickly. But the sound quality was very poor. And part of that came from the mics. And I, I still have a low-quality mic that picks up a lot of echo. And I hope to fix that one day, but I haven't done that yet. And one of the things that I came to find about that was that once the echo is in the recording you just can't get it out you can't edit that thing out so you have to find ways to record in places that have very little echo and i've had a hard time finding that i've gone out and gotten you guys may have seen some of the pictures that i put on twitter about this but i have some some audio foam that i try to put around the mic and around myself to shield out some of that echo and to get a better quality product for you all but other things have happened with that as well. So we tried in the beginning to use some recording tools that went along with Skype. There were some plugins that we tried to use that just didn't work very well and were difficult. They made both all the voices on Skype and that group recording onto the same track. And then you can't edit out silent parts when people aren't speaking. So for instance, when I'm speaking and James is not speaking, I would like to make that very silent, his part of that track his part of his track very quiet and vice versa when he's speaking and I'm not i want to quiet out any background noise or anything else coming from me so it made that very hard that particular plugin and over time i've found some different tools and been exposed to some different things one of the greatest tools that i have right now is called zencaster and so that's an online service that allows you to record it's got a free option for hobbyists and you can go in and record two or three people on there and get those tracks From Zencaster, download them in a format that you can edit. And then I pull those into a tool that I've been using for since since day one, Audacity. And Audacity is a free tool that's freely available out there on the web for Mac. And you know, that's another thing that we tried. James and I would be in the same location trying to record on that. And it took us probably 20 episodes just to realize this is ridiculous. Do not try to record live on Audacity. We had crashes all over the place. We'd have to start things over. We would lose tracks. It was a very time intensive process. Um, I would get to a point where I'd have several tracks going and then it crashed and it'd lose all of all the data, or I'd be able to pull it back up, but not do anything with it. I think there's some problems with caching and memory usage in that particular tool, at least recording live. And so over time, I've found several different things. One is Zencaster is terrific. The other is that on Mac, you've got QuickTime. And so what I do now is I make sure to record everybody guests on Zencaster. And I also record myself on QuickTime just to have a backup and it records it locally. Zencaster also records locally. So I end up with two recordings and I pick the one that works best and go from there. But sound quality was a big problem early on. I think it's gotten better over time. I think that's why, why more of you are willing to listen right now. Um, that comes from a number of different things as well. There are other factors involved in that. So learning about compression. So I knew nothing about how compression worked with editing these podcasts. And I've learned a little bit about that thanks to my friend Thomas Clark. He helped me kind of understand that. So there's some really great plugins and tools for Audacity to help out with that. And that has helped the sound quality quite a bit as well to get rid of some of the low level noise and some of the high level stuff as well. And kind of get everybody's voices equalized and to get everything in the right volumes that's been a big help so over time we've learned about those things i think those have gotten better the sound quality's gotten better i still like it to be even better you know we have touched into a number of different markets and i think that that's been a good thing that's one of the things that i wanted to do with this was you know i saw myself moving more and more deeply into the testing community and i want to talk more about this later i believe but Moving into the testing community, the software testing community, I didn't want to leave behind software development. I wanted people to understand that I was more than a one act wonder. I wanted people to understand that I had thoughts about software development that were higher level than just whether or not you should use an iterator here or there, or whether or not you should, uh, you know, use a generic for this thing or, or how I felt about loosely typed languages versus tightly typed one. I wanted to move away from the low level, and by low level, I just mean highly technical um, software development part of this, and expose a part of my thinking that was at a higher level in terms of how we help software teams move forward. And I wanted to also give a perspective that was more broad than specifically testing. And so this podcast has served as a means to do that for me, and I very much... Appreciate that opportunity and I appreciate you all listening and your thoughts on that over time. And I appreciate all the guests that have come on to help broaden that perspective. I also really wanted to give a perspective in a different market, which was that of the entrepreneurship market. And I thought that that was a market in itself. You know, you go out and you see things like entrepreneur.com. And, uh, and and different magazines and different, I say magazines, I mean online magazines, but different sites, different places where we talk about these things. And I wanted to be involved in that part of things too. But I wanted to come up with an opportunity to talk about each of these things, software development, entrepreneurship, originally testing and test automation. And what I found over time was that I had people following me on Twitter, whether it's, you know, D Paul Merrill Twitter handle or Reflection as a Service handle, which is uh, Reflection AAS on Twitter, and it was a, it was a big mix. And I also found that certain people would apparently listen to certain episodes and not others. And that's all good and fine. But when you're putting together only two episodes per month, you have people signing in for one show on ep- ep- on entrepreneurship every month. And then you have different people sh- signing in for one show on software development every month. You know, people like consistency and they like frequency with podcasts. And so, I'm not sure that that worked exactly like I wanted. I really appreciate. I think it was a good thing in the sense of getting out there and getting to know some of these folks and and getting some relationships built online and in person by each of these. But I really kind of broke up the market. Uh, I, I I I tried to do too much, and what I find with business is you really have to find a solid niche. And so looking into the future on that, and I'll kind of skip ahead to what will we do differently next time on that particular item. But what I would do differently next time with regard to audience and branding is I would be more specific with branding. I think I had a very big fear of moving solely into the test and test automation world in the past. And now that fear is gone. I I wanted to leave one foot in the test, in the software development world. I wanted to leave a foot in the entrepreneurship world. And I wanted to open things up with the entrepreneurship world as well. But what I'm finding is that doesn't necessarily help me and it doesn't necessarily help you. What I'd like to do in the future is potentially move directly into the test or test automation type audience. That's where I'm living. That's where I'm spending my time. That's where I eat, sleep, and breathe is test automation and testing. I love that community. I want to be able to give back to it more so than just the talks that I give locally at meetups, more so than just the um, talks that I give out in, in public at these at these uh, conferences and whatever else. I want to be able to give back on a weekly or biweekly kind of basis. Um, maybe that's the wrong word, bimonthly, I guess is the word that I'm looking for, twice a month. I always get confused by those Um, semi-monthly. Maybe that's the the right word to say. Anyway, somebody help me out with that language sometime. But I'd like to be able to give back to those and focus on that. And I'd like for the audience to always know what they're coming for and what they're getting. Um, I think that's key with any offering is for the audience to have a feeling of what they're going to get and how they're gonna get it. And the other thing that I found over time is that I have a lot of people that I really wanna get onto the podcast, but I feel limited in being able to do that. For instance, I have a line of people that I would like to ask, actually a queue of people I would really like to ask to be on the podcast. They are almost all testers. They're just, they're waiting, and they're people who I respect greatly, but I don't feel comfortable subjecting my audience who is specifically here for software development or entrepreneurship to every week having a tester on that's not what you came here for so i think i have to kind of change this at some point and look for maybe a podcast that's specifically for test automation and testing and then have those people on Um, so that's kind of where maybe this would go in the future. So just in terms of a retrospective, I think it's gone very well in the sense that we've attracted a number of people. I think that it could be, could be better and and bigger and affect more people if we were to pick a niche and go after it more clearly. And, and I also want to see benefits for my company. So I love having you all here. I love having this audience here, um, but my benefit, my, I need to focus on things that are going to benefit my family, things that are going to benefit me, um, and things that are going to benefit you all as well. And I think focusing on one specific niche, testing and test automation could help kind of pull together the audience that I, I'm building with social media, the audience that I'm building with Beaufort Fairmont, with our webinars and, and whatever. And, and I think that, that I, that we can do that better by focusing on that in the, in the future. So I've talked through a bunch of these, I guess. um, I guess the other thing that I want to bring up is something that went very well was working together with James. I love working with James. I've loved working with all our guests and our guest hosts. Giselle was terrific as a guest host back on a a couple episodes ago. Uh, I I enjoyed having Brian Aachen on as a guest host. That was a very interesting show as well, but you know, there, there's only one James. And this is not to guilt him or anything. I I love having him on, but I mean, to me, this was kind of something that was born between the two of us, and you know, more than fifty percent of it is is gone at this point. And so, I want to make sure that whatever I do next is is set up to move forward well. And I think that that comes to more than just personalities. Uh, I want to expand past my personality, past James's personality, and do something that has a life, whether one of us is there or not. And I'm not sure exactly how to do that, but I think that might come down to for- format. I had a very good conversation with a friend of mine, Mark Tomlinson, who does at least one podcast. He might be doing more than one now, but one of them is called Perf Perfbytes, Perf Bytes, And it's about performance testing. And one of the great things that they do is they have a format for their show. It's not just interviewing and trying to get inside people's heads. It's a format for the show that's fun. And he and I were talking about that. And he said, you know, I really like having a format. I think that that's very important. And now when I go back, you know, after talking to Mark about that, when I go back and I look at things like, you know, the, the shows that are on late at night on TV, those talk shows, when I look at the ones that are on during the day, they each have a format. They're not going to be doing an interview the entire time. They're not just going to be somebody talking the entire time. They've got a format that people know that they expect. I mean, I even like on NPR, there's a show, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a game show. And I always know what to expect from that. Even with car talk, I always knew what to, to expect from car talk. So, I want to look at that format and make it more fun and find a different way to go about that. So I think i focused on several different aspects of this in terms of a retrospective. And I hope that I've been, that I've been kind of open with that and with each of these things that I think have been good and things that can be better in the future. So what I'd like to say about reflection as a service is I think it's time for a break. I think it's time for a break for me and for the the podcast as a whole. It's kind of done what it was meant to do, and it's kind of lived its life. And I'm I may come back at some point. Maybe there would be another season at some point where I did this for a particular season. But today, I feel like this is this is where this needs to kind of rest for a while, for quite a while. And I want to make sure to give you guys a an outro to that. I don't want to just stop doing it Um, the last couple months I just haven't been here and once again I apologize but I kind of need to focus on other things and I need to focus on things that make sense for my business that makes sense for me that makes sense for my clients that makes sense for the testing community I want to add more back to the testing community than I've added already because I really really like those guys I think that we can grow where software testing is and we can move it forward in a positive manner and be constructive and do more for software development as testers in general. I want to take the kind of the, the baseline for testing and move it up. And then I want to take the baseline for test automation. And I want to skyrocket that thing. And I can't do that if I'm focusing several hours a week on this. This is going to have to be a kind of a trade, a trade-off in how to do that. So um, so with that said, I think this is probably one of the last reflections as a service's that I'll do in a while. I really appreciate all of you for listening. I know that each one of you has sat down and spent their time and chosen to be here and to listen to this podcast. And you've chosen over time to do that again and again. I know that this is an investment for you and has been an investment for you. There is more to come. I'm not going anywhere. These episodes are out here. Hopefully they're going to be out here for a long time on our website, reflectionasaservice.com. They're available on SoundCloud and iTunes and the Google Play Store. They are available everywhere for free. And I want them to be available for a very long time. And for each of you to continue listening and to go back every once in a while and pick an episode and listen to. I think good things are coming, uh, whether it's in the format of reflection as a service or not, but good things are on the way. um, And I guess that's kind of where I'll leave it. I'll let you know that it is April of 2017. Next week, I'm hoping to get this out very quickly to you all. Today is the 15th of April. I'm I'm even hoping to get it out today, if possible. Uh, Tax day, as it were, in the United States. I hope everybody's got their taxes done. But, you know, I've got several things coming up. So next week, I'll be at Quality Jam in Atlanta. And I hope to see a bunch of folks there. Looking forward to that, I'm going to be talking about artificial intelligence and testing and how testing is going to change with the advent of artificial intelligence and with the maturation of artificial intelligence. I also have an article about that coming out on techbeacon.com. So make sure to look for that machine language and testing or artificial intelligence and testing out on techbeacon.com. You know, we've been a part of the Agile podcast network, which some friends of mine put together and we have been so thrilled to be a part of that. Every one of you that have come from the Agile Podcasting Network, I appreciate you coming and checking us out, listening to some episodes and learning about it. The Agile Podcast Network is terrific. They have uh, a site. I believe it's Agile Podcasting Network or AgilePodcastNetwork.net, but Google it. Uh, look for look for it out there. It's They've got some really great Podcasts. So if you're kind of leaving off with us for a while, make sure to check out those. They have all the new posts from all of those different podcasts out there every single week. Deliver It is one of them about product ownership. Corey Bryan does a terrific job with that podcast. Um, MetaCast, Meta-Cast is one of them. I love the fact that they've got a hyphen in there and they talk about it and they put it in their Twitter handle and everything else. But the MetaCast is a really good one with Josh Anderson and Bob Galen. And they talk about everything Agile. And they get into really, really deep and good conversations about how people interact with Agile and how people do things. And I think that's one of the most important aspects of software development is the people and the gray matter that's involved in making these things happen today um, in software development. There's several others out there on the Agile Podcast Network. Make sure to reach out to them. Tell them how much you've enjoyed this show uh, tell them how much you enjoy the fact that they put that together and they've got it all consolidated there in one feed. You know, I'll, I'll also be at a Ministry of Test event. There's a meetup. If you go to meetup.com and you look for Dominoes of Automation, myself and Angie Jones are going to be doing that on the 19th of April, which is just a few days away here. But if you're in the Atlanta area and you can get out to that, we love doing the Dominoes of Test Automation. It is a terrific workshop we're going to do it in the just one segment of it in about 90 minutes and angie and i both have planes to catch right after that so hopefully we can get past the broken down section of i-85 and up to hartsfield airport very very quickly and efficiently after that meetup but i look forward to meeting a bunch of people there i look forward to seeing you there if you're in atlanta make sure to check out meetup.com and look for Uh, the Ministry of Test in Atlanta, Ministry of Test Meetup in Atlanta. That's going to be lots of fun on the 19th of April. I'm giving a webinar. I give webinars every month. If you don't know about those and you're in test automation or software development and you want to learn more about test automation, go to BeaufortFairmont.com slash webinars so the next one is coming up on the 24th of april i believe i'm limited to 100 seats on this and as of today we've got 63 signed up so if you're one of those people if you want to listen to that if you want to be a part of that i'm talking about uh, continuous integration and jenkins i'm actually going to do a demo in one hour i'm going to set up my builds i'm going to set up test automation to run on there and have it running against a live instance of an application in just one hour. So continuous integration in Jenkins, a demo of that, of how you set it up. If you've ever wanted to know what's going on with test automation in continuous integration, if you wanted to know how Jenkins works, that's the place to find us. So with that said, I'm going to let you guys go. I really appreciate everybody being here. Thank you so much for your time and your effort and for being here on Reflection as a Service. I believe that this is a so long and not a goodbye. So that's what I'm going to say. So long.